We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the MAPS Step Back Podcast. TK. I like this, TK. I like that. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Luka with the step back 30. Oh, yeah! Boy, Chris Stabs, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just want to ring, want to fit a gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads, dang, I relax, still at a champ. Even still coming with the Calibus flow, the man's the best on the flow. I'm wild, but yeah, I'm the GOAT. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg, and I'm joined, as always, by my DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Galatson. Matt, how you doing tonight? Uh, Pretty good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I've, it's been a it's been a short week so far, but it's been a long one. You know, got my hopes up for that Mavs Pelicans game, that Luca versus Zion, and it was supposed to be Kristaps Porzingis's uh, debut. And then, man, uh, everything just kind of hit the fan, and they had to postpone it because of COVID stuff. And it looked kind of grim there for a little bit, Matt. Uh, you know, Luca. He just won uh, the Player of the Week after the Mavs went three and zero, and he averaged a thirty-point triple double during the week and during this three-game win streak for the Mavs. And you know, I think we talked about it at briefly uh, sometime during last week. But I was just like, you know, the only thing that can stop Luca right now, literally, the only thing that can stop him right now is COVID and sure enough here we are having these issues but there was a little bit of good news today so Matt you want to fill everybody in on that 
Yeah, uh, so the Mavs injury report came out today, um, and it listed uh, KP as probable, which means, you know, he's suiting up on Wednesday, and that's huge. Um, Huge. There were five people out (laughs) on the injury report as well, (laughs) but the big news is that KP is back, um, and I can't tell you how excited I am. Yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be gonna great. Talk a little man. bit I... more about him uh, later in regards to something else, I think. But uh, on the court tomorrow, I am extremely excited. Yeah, yeah, me too. He he's worked hard to get back, uh, get back on the court, and you know it's really unfortunate. Everybody pegs him as being you know uh, injury prone, and I mean he is, but these last two injuries have just been unfortunate. Uh, they were contact injuries. You know, it's not like he was just running down the court and something screwed up with his, with his knee just on its own, you know, it, it got hit. Uh, and that's what caused the meniscus tear. So that's the upside. Uh, he's back. He's looked good for a few weeks now, but uh, the Mavs have played it cautiously and, Looks like he's going to make his debut in Charlotte, and the Mavs will go for four straight. <clears throat> and like you mentioned, uh, the Mavs still have five players out. You know, Josh Richardson, Jalen Brunson, and Dorian Finney-Smith, they're still just chilling in uh, <laughs> in Denver right now. Uh, poor guys. We, we feel for them, but uh, they're just quarantined in Denver and waiting that out. And uh, then you have Maxi out. You know, he's supposedly – uh, tested positive and then you know the only we heard of another maverick uh, that tested positive and we weren't sure who it was well the only new maverick to show up on the on that injury report matt was dwight powell so uh well it, he, well he might not have tested positive yeah yeah it, I mean, it could we, it we could have been we, contact we just, tracing right we we don't know who because they haven't really said they're just holding them all out yeah. And there's four that have tested positive, and there's five players that's out. So we don't Tim McMahon, I thought Tim McMahon said something about – I think – I could have sworn he said that Maxie did test positive. I'll have to go back and look at that. I, but, I believe Maxie is one of them. Okay. But well, we, we don't know regardless, who the odd man out is, I guess. <laughs> regardless, it's still a long time. Those guys have to sit out and look. I – I told I, I had this theory the other day, and I mean you don't like to s- speculate too much on this kind of stuff, but you know, given that Maxi and Josh Richardson are two of the guys out because of this, and you know, in the Denver game, and then even last game uh, against the Orlando Magic, uh, you know, Luca has been like really close with those guys, like physically, <laughs> and. Uh, you, you just kind of wonder, like, is he just lucky? You know, did, did he get it over the over the offseason? Does he have the antibodies and that's helping him, that's keeping him from getting it? Uh, you know, is it just Luca magic? You know, <laughs> whatever it is, I, I hope it continues because uh, I, after seeing him, you know, with Josh, Richards, Josh Richardson and Maxi Kleba, in back-to-back games as close as they were and everything. And I was just – I kept thinking, like, man, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he was next on the list. But, you know, if that was something that did happen over the offseason uh, and it is helping him, you know, keep it's, – it's keeping him from getting it again, so to speak, uh, that would also explain why 
in my opinion, that, you know, he looked as sluggish as he did starting out this season. But uh, that's my theory. I mean, I, I hope that's the case. And, you know, now he's back to normal. And hopefully uh, the the rest of this season will go a little bit smoother than what the beginning is because there's a lot of people getting it right now. Uh, there's a lot of games being postponed and, I guess if there is one upside to it, it's that you're getting it out of the way uh, early rather than having these problems later in the season. But hopefully everybody stays healthy and it'll all be fine. And this is just a, a minor inconvenience, you know, to all those guys. But we shall see. Uh, but, yeah, so, Matt, it looks like we're, we are going to have a Mavs-Hornets game tomorrow night. Everybody's excited about KP uh luca he has it going uh the mavs lost to the hornets uh they got blown out by the hornets (laughs) not too long ago and it was an embarrassing loss uh so uh, they'll look to flip the script this time i I imagine they'll be playing with some fire uh given how the last one went and we're gonna see more willie collistein we're gonna see more james johnson um it has the potential to be a very, very fun game, and we're excited for it. Uh, But moving on, Matt, we have to talk about Bradley Beal for a little bit. And we've talked about Bradley Beal so many times in the past. But now it feels like this could be the time where he actually does get moved. Because, one, the Washington Wizards, you know, they have a a new general manager – you know, a new front office from what they have in the past. Now they're basically the worst team in the league, or they're they're very, very close to being the worst team in the league. And Kevin O'Connor at the Ringer, he put out a uh, article here recently that said uh, the title was Bradley Beal Watch Has Begun. And here O'Connor says, there could also be a few teams flying under the radar who can put themselves in a superstar sweepstakes. He said, this weekend, I asked four front office executives which teams come to mind as a sleeper for a blockbuster deal. Six of the executives responded with the Pelicans. Three said the Heat. Two said the Knicks. And then uh, the Mavericks, Nuggets, and Spurs each got a vote there. Uh, He says, it's difficult to see a path towards a deal for Dallas without the inclusion of Kristaps Porzingis. So, basically... What I'm getting from this is, you know, obviously the Mavs have interest in Beal. I think they, they'd they never come out and just say that, but, I mean, obviously they do. The guy's a, a megastar just, you know, wasting his prime in Washington right now. Uh, but the question is, what would the Mavs have to do to get him? Would they have to give up Kristaps Porzingis uh, in order to get Beal? Or could they get him for less? I mean – what do you think, Matt? Uh, I I think it I think it depends where he wants to go. Um, you That's know, true. He, yeah, he could he could want to go any number of places, and if he's like, you know what, I want to go to Dallas, then the Mavericks are going to have to put together a package that you know Washington will be okay with. But it it all depends on where he wants to go first, and I, I think that's kind of you know kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. Um, the important thing to remember here, and we've talked about it a lot in the past, is that NBA players and their agents control the NBA, not the front offices. Yep. So 
that's step number one. Step number two is what do the Mavs have to put together? And I mean, do you want to get into the KP thing now or? Yeah, we can't because I mean, look, I think you nailed it when you said that it really just depends on where he wants to go because if Bill does say, hey, look, I want to go play with Luca, I want to play with that dude and, you know, go to Dallas, then I think there's a chance the Mavs can trade for Bill without giving up KP. You know, I think if, if he knows that's where he wants to go and, you know, he's been loyal to the wizard all, Wizards all these years and, you know, I, I think that they appreciate that. I know it's a business and we see stuff that, you know, <laughs> the cliche it's a business all the time we see that all the time in the nba but i feel like in that particular situation with bill and washington you know i i feel like they would honor his request you know wherever he wants to go if they can get you know just something of value um so i think if he wants to go to dallas they could potentially get him without giving up kp is it likely no but is it possible i think yes uh, if he doesn't have a preference and he doesn't make that, you know, if he doesn't vocalize that to the Wizards front office, then I think the only way the Mavs can get him is by giving up KP. And, you know, I don't think he's going to be traded anytime soon, talking about Bradley Beal. So, I mean, this might just – we might have to just see how it goes uh, these next – next couple of months before we, you know, really get into seeing how likely it is. But, Matt, I've kind of – I pushed back on this idea the last time we talked about it because we, we have talked about the possibility of sending Porzingis to Washington for Bill. I've kind of come around to it. Uh, I don't – I mean, I look, it's not ideal. I mean, ideally you want all three of them. But – if we're just talking about availability and, you know, superstar, like this dude, Bill just scored 50 points per game for two games and the Wizards lost both games and they weren't even close. Like he can fill it up and he is out there every single game. So, I mean, for me, having another megastar next to Luca who can hit threes, he can take people off the dribble, he can finish at the rim. He's an underrated defender, in my opinion. I just feel like if the Mavs had to do it, it would be worth it in the long run. I don't want – it's not ideal. That's not what I want. You know I, you know I would rather have, you know, all three of them together if possible. But if it came down to it and the Wizards like, this is the only way we're doing this, I'd probably say yes. So – what do you think? I would say no. Which is fair, too. I mean, I, I understand I, why you're saying no. I mean, I, I said – last time we talked about this, I said basically everything that – so, you know, so I'll, I'll keep it a little shorter. But to me, it just doesn't make sense to trade one star for another star when you want to have three stars. Is that You know what I mean? Like, you don't – Bradley Beal doesn't make you infinitely better next to Luca than KP does. It might let, make you a little bit better. Let me ask you this though, Matt. Let me just put this in your head. Say they do trade, say they did trade Kristaps Porzingis for Bradley Beal. 
And, you know, that's basically, that'd be an even salary swap. Obviously you'd have a few, probably a a few throw-ins there. It wouldn't just be a straight up trade, but just, you know, let's just for hypothetical purposes, let's just talk about it like this. If they did trade Porzingis for Beal straight up, you know, the salary stays the same. It doesn't affect the massive amount of money they're going to have to blow this offseason. Who do you think what, – what pairing do you think is more likely to lure somebody like – and, again, this is just hypothetically speaking. If Kawhi Leonard opts out with the Clippers and becomes a free agent and the Mavs want to go big fish hunting again, what duo do you think is more likely to get Leonard to sign with the Mavs? Luca and KP or Luca and Beal? I don't think it matters. Like I, I, do. I, don't, I, don't think, I do think it matters. I, I, I don't think you can – I don't think you can go into a trade thinking, well, the reason we're trading this guy for this guy is so we can try and get this guy later. Well, I don't look, I don't think attractive. I'm not saying that's the full reason. I'm just saying uh, that was my point in saying, like, I think that duo is better than, you know, the Luca KP duo. And if look, if KP could stay healthy and he might, I mean, I don't know. We don't know going forward if, his injury luck will change, but if he could stay healthy, I would say no. Because, you know, KP's a unicorn. He, he he can do everything you want on both ends of the floor. Uh, he can even handle the ball a little bit. But I'm just thinking from an availability standpoint for a full season, uh, for the playoffs, you know, I just feel like Bill – gives you more of a chance to win just strictly because of his availability. Okay. And, and that's, that's fine. But then tell me what is, then tell me what is Washington's reasoning for training for Chris Tapps Porzingis if they don't think he can stay on the floor and the, and no, if nobody thinks Chris Tapps can stay on the floor, then why would you trade for him? I don't think everybody, why would you you trade your best player? I don't think everybody would think that. You know what I'm saying? That's just my thoughts on it. And I'm thinking that, I mean, to get something, you have to give something unless you're making a trade with the Knicks. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, if they know Bradley Beal wants to leave and they're willing to accommodate his request where he wants to go to, then I think that just makes it more likely that a trade can happen because, you know, they contact the Mavs. It's like, look, he wants to go here. Let's see if we can <laughs> – let's see if we can put something together to make it work. But, I mean, look, you never know. I mean, what if the Mavs – you know, Jalen Brunson had a game against Chicago. Maybe they should just send the tape of Tim Hardaway Jr.'s uh, 36-point game the other night <laughs> and Jalen Brunson's 31-point seven assists, five rebound game against Chicago. They need to just like package those two highlight tapes together and send them to Washington and be like, hey, <laughs> you want this plus a unprotected 2025 first round pick and just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, I just – all I know is I am totally against trading Chris Stapps. He was, I mean, this it's it's one of the best trades that Donnie and and Mark and I mean, Don, let's just be honest, it's the best trade that Donnie has ever pulled off outside of the dirt trade. We love Mark Cuban. It was a we're, crowning. We're gonna, we're gonna give Donnie the credit there. 
Right. It was it was a crowning achievement for Donnie. It was a massive, massive steal. They got one of the top 25 players in the NBA for a bunch of garbage. And he played extremely well last year. They were about to knock out the Clippers before KP was lost for the series. And I don't want to throw all throw away all of that progress, all of that potential for something that's unknown for a guy who could bolt in two years if it doesn't work yeah. out. I don't like the idea of constantly trying to be like, oh, well, we got this guy. Now here, let's try and go get this guy and swap that guy. I mean, you have to have some continuity. And you know that Luka and KP play well together. You know that KP plays a position that is a big need for you, and he does it in a way that is perfect for the modern NBA. So yeah. just I say stick, I say stick with what you have unless you can trade the rest of the guys when you're anybody else on the roster, I don't give a shit. But yeah. don't trade the two cornerstones who are 21 and 23 years old or however old I think what is he 23, 25, I, I believe. Oh, 25. Whatever. He's still young. <laughs> don't trade your two young cornerstones that have proven that they can get you where you want to go if they just are able to stay on the floor. And I think yeah. he will stay on the floor because, like we said, it was not some freak non-contact thing with KP. It was something that some you know something happened to him, and it could happen to anyone. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I mean, look, you're right. I mean, he he fits perfectly for what you want in the modern NBA uh, at the five position. He fits perfectly with Luca. Uh, he plays extremely well with Luca now after they established chemistry last year. And he, you know, he showed what he can do. He had 34 points and 13 rebounds on a torn meniscus in game three against the Clippers. So he's tough too. Uh, you know, he just, he's had some, some crappy injury luck. And that's the thing. I mean, you're right. He's a perfect fit. It's, when he's playing with Luca, it's just like, well, is he going to consistently play with Luca? But I do agree. I mean, I, I do think it is. It's a little early. It would be a little early to, you know, pull the trigger on something like that. But, and I mean, honestly, I don't think they will, uh, unless they can get Bill without trading KP. I don't think they'll trade KP right now. But like, say we play out the rest of this season, and KP is injury riddled you know, throughout the season and he can't finish in the playoffs again, then, I mean, what do you do going into year three? Do you still try to play it out? Or, you know, uh, what's your thoughts on that? How how long do the Mavs, you know, try it out and see if he can stay healthy? Well, that's why the trade That's why the trade for him in the first place was a double-edged sword to begin with. You know, you have no choice but to stick it out because – if he can't if he can't stay on the floor this year and if he can't you know play a good amount of games and and all the same stuff happens all over again then nobody's going to trade for him so i mean that that's why it was a risk trading for him in the first place and that's probably why they were able to get him for such garbage well but, and again i mean like you said double edged sword but if people look at it right now it's like okay his last two injuries were really just bad luck and he's back now. And if he looks really good for like this next month stretch, um, I mean, it's a hard call, Matt. I mean, if I was a, if I was an NBA GM 
and KP was looking good for like the next month coming back from that injury, and there was a chance to get Bill, and you don't know if he's gonna if Porzingis is gonna stay healthy <laughs> for the future, and you have a guy that's just you know completely balling uh, like Bill is right now. It would be a hard choice for me. I mean, yeah, you have loyalty and you have the the Luca KP thing. You know, they're they're pretty close and. Uh, it's it's just a harder decision than than what I would want it to be. But like I said, ideally, well, ideally, I would love for the Mavs to send the highlight tapes for <laughs> for uh, for uh, Brunson and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. over to Washington and like you know throw them a couple picks their way. Uh, the only first they can give up right now until after this year when the Knicks uh, get the first round pick. Uh, for 2021, the only pick they can trade right now is the 2025 pick. So, and they could add well, in a, a second rounder, couple seconds, or whatever they need to do to get it done. But anyway, okay. Well, here's the other thing, and I said this last time, and I'll I'll kind of reiterate it here. I don't think that. First of all, I I can't. I. I just can't come to grips with trading somebody thinking of signing a free agent because it's a more attractive package. So thinking of it as the way it is, I don't think that KP for Beal does anything for you in terms of where you finish. Yeah. It, I, it, it doesn't, it doesn't put you on the next level. It doesn't, you don't you still aren't beating the Lakers. You probably still aren't beating the Clippers. You're probably not beating the Nuggets. So you're still in the in the three, four, five range somewhere in there, and you still don't win the title. And that's I, why I, I don't agree. think it's worth making such a sweeping move for that. It just I agree and then I disagree. Where I agree with you at is that you know, I if it was just a a, a clean slate if we're just comparing Porzingis and Beal you know talent wise potential wise all that stuff age whatever I I agree that it wouldn't affect you know the Mavs place in the standing where we disagree though is the availability I think is bigger for that than than what people might think because if you have Beal and he stays healthy for the remainder of the season and he stays healthy in the playoffs, like he has uh, – well, not in the playoffs, but he's had two or three, you know, almost flawless seasons uh, injury-wise. That helps a lot. Availability counts for a lot. So, yeah, I mean, ideally you want to have a third star and you're basically trading a secondary star for a secondary star. But the availability just holds a lot of weight with me. And that's the only reason I'm even, you know – willing to consider it and that's the only reason i said i'd probably do we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Because I think you're guaranteed uh, the availability and more wins because of that uh, with Bill. But like I said, hopefully Porzingis can stay healthy and, you know, he, he makes me eat my words the rest of the season and all the other people that, you know, have had doubts about his, his health over the last few years. But it's a really interesting topic, Matt. We could go on about it forever, but uh, – it's something that's probably going to get talked about more and more as we get closer to that March 27th uh, NBA trade deadline. So, The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand-new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everybody the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As a part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. Support for the Mavs Step Back Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job. You can be one of the first men in England to experience their life-changing products. I don't know about you guys, but if you've ever had an accident down there, it's not the best feeling in the world. It can get in the way of a lot of more important things that you have going on. 
and make things uncomfortable. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Let's get that bush to tush clean. Get 20% off free shipping with the code LUCA at manscaped.com. Make your testies their besties. Get 20% off free shipping with the code LUCA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code LUCA. Your balls will thank you. We are going to move on now. We did a mailbag this week, Matt, and we had a lot of great questions. Um, some of them we're going to go in depth. Some of them we're just going to you know, mention them real quick. But uh, Kyle, he started it out by saying, talk about how much Sinclair Broadcast Group blows. <laughs> so well, we're not going to get into all that, but he is right. Uh, Sinclair needs to get their stuff together. Uh, there's a lot of Mavs fans in the the Dallas area and the in the Texas area too because you're in Houston, Matt. I mean, you, you can't watch it uh, watch the Mavs broadcast either, can you? It's weird, man. I so I have League Pass because when I did have Fox Sports Southwest down here, it would only play the Rockets stuff or the Astros stuff, so I didn't get any Dallas sports down here. So I got Fox Sports Southwest. I mean, I got a, sorry, league pass, and I just got, like, the Mavs package. And so what I put it, what I play it on my Apple TV, I guess my Apple TV thinks I'm somewhere else other than where I am. Because when I play it on my <laughs> Apple TV, which is, that's my only source of cable and stuff. I have YouTube TV, and I have league pass, and I have NFL Sunday ticket. When I play it through my Apple TV on the league pass thing, I can watch the Mavs broadcast. But if I try to do it on my laptop or on my phone, I can't. Yeah. So I don't really know what's going on. It's 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 just a huge bleeping mess. Look, yeah. I bleeped myself that time. Hey, I don't, have to add, I don't have to add in the bleep button this time. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it's really weird and they're really screwing everything up. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like <laughs> the Mavericks, the Raiders, and the Stars are not the Cowboys. That's obvious. Like, nothing's gonna get as much ratings as the Cowboys. Yeah. But that's all of your other Dallas sports, and people can't watch them. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna have they to do something, and they're gonna have to do something quick because uh, it, it's just not it's not working out the way it is. And look, I I kind of felt guilty because you know I, I I'm here in uh in Mississippi 
<laughs> South Mississippi. So nothing changed for me. You know, I'm, I'm out of that market. Uh, I always get NBA league pass. It's through my direct TV uh, account. And so nothing changed for me. I, I'm able to watch, you know, home and away broadcasts, but uh, unless they're playing the Pelicans, then I get into that dumb outdated uh, blackout mess too. But uh, I usually go to the Pelicans games in person, but I can't this year. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll see we'll see how that goes when uh, that Mavs Pels game eventually gets rescheduled. But yeah, Sinclair need to get it together. Uh, next one. This is from Hez. He says, if Powell gets moved, is Brunson likely to be packaged with him for value purposes? Uh, I'll keep this one short, Matt, but I'd say I'd say yes. I say if you're going to trade Powell at this point, given his production and his advanced stats have been horrible, uh, I think you're mm. going to have to. I think you're going to have to sweeten any potential trade that has him going out. You'd have to give up Brunson and you know probably a pick or something uh, to do that at this point. Yeah, I just think it's wishful thinking uh for them to get rid of Powell like we all I would love to see it I love the idea I just <laughs> I think they're just I, I think they're glued to the hip yeah um, I mean I almost cussed again heck if I <laughs> if I could get rid of Dwight Powell maybe then I consider trading KP to, to Washington yeah but uh but no, I just I don't I don't see how they they trade him. Man, it's so weird. He, uh, I feel like we mention this every time we talk about Dwight Powell, but he has these moments where he looks really good. Like in that Orlando game, Luca was double teamed, and he found it was a no look over the top pass uh, to Dwight in the paint, and he faked like he was passing to the corner, and the defender bit on it. And then he just dribbled, went up, and slammed it home. And it was like one of those plays where it's just like, holy crap, did Dwight Powell really just do that? <laughs> but, you know, then then he'll do, you know, two or three things following that that makes you like, ugh. So it, it's, uh, it's a roller coaster ride, but the, the roller coaster favors the bad side this season. So, uh yeah, I don't think it's likely he gets traded, but if he does, it's going to have to have a sweetener. Okay, this one is from Don. Don asks us, favorite nickname for a basketball player, current or all-time? And says, I don't feel any nicknames have really stuck for Luca. I, You know, I really don't – I don't know if you've looked at uh, – basketball reference i've got mine (laughs) i know mine i don't know if you've looked at basketball reference for luca and like what they have his nicknames listed as but i just i don't see any of those sticking and every time i say him it kind of makes me cringe i think he's just one of those guys you know it's like lebron we just call him lebron i think it's going to be the same way with luca you know he's luca That, that that's all there is to it but uh, as far as like favorite nickname, just in general for a basketball player, what is yours, Matt? <laughs> uh, mine is uh is. Do you remember Corliss Williamson? Yes, for the Detroit Pistons, he had the yeah. best nickname ever, in my opinion. Big nasty. 
Corliss Big Nasty Williamson. Like I love That's that nickname good. so much. Like dating all the way back to the the Ben Wallace Pistons. Yeah, I, we, me and my my friend Jacob uh, is my best friend since high school. He's not listening to this because he doesn't care. But <laughs> hey, uh, he might. I doubt it. But he, uh, we were both really into NBA, and we would play like you know NBA Live, and I would be the Mavericks, and he would be the Pistons. He was a big Pistons fan for some reason. And anyway, it just stuck with like, we looked up Corliss Williamson. His name was Big Nasty and we just loved it. So then he made his Xbox Live name Big Nasty. And then it like, it just kind of continued from there. And it's, I've, ever since then, like that's been my favorite NBA nickname. I love it. I think it's beautiful. I think it's poetic. It's just, it's awesome. My favorite nickname. Well, I'll start with them. I've got two with the Mavs. I've always thought that Jet was just perfect, not because of him, you know, and his little celebration after Jason Terry would hit a big three going down the court with his wings or whatever, but just the fact that Jet was his initials, you know. <laughs> it took me a while to realize that, you know, his middle – I'm saying growing up. Obviously, I've known it for a while now, but uh, when I actually realized that his full name was Jason Eugene Terry – it just blew my mind. <laughs> like, I, oh. I still, I, I was today years old when I learned that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. His, his, his initials actually spell out jet. So it's like, it's a, it's a very, very fitting uh, nickname for him, but my best, my favorite nickname and it never stuck because the guy who was it was given to he didn't like it, but Kevin Durant and the Slim Reaper, he he never let that catch on and he didn't like it. But I love that. I thought it was perfect for him. Uh, I wish he had been more open to having it, but you know it's kind of like uh, like I said with LeBron and Luca, KD is KD. You know, so uh, yeah. I have, I have uh, actually have two honorable mentions. Can I mention those real quick? Go for it. Uh, obviously, um, I think the the most iconic of all time, and I think probably the smoothest nickname, just like the coolest one ever, is a uh, Magic Johnson. Like oh, you, yeah. you Like you, you consider that like his name at this point for sure like, yeah if you I, say you know, irvin johnson <laughs> no, everybody's gonna be like oh <laughs> irvin johnson who is that <laughs> right and then my other one is the glove for gary payton i think that's also really really yes, clever and really that's good. awesome yeah there's so many good ones man i it makes me want to just go look up a list and just you know go down through and uh this isn't a nickname but just speaking of a of actual NBA names. So Precious Achua that was drafted from Memphis by the uh, Miami Heat, his dad's name was God's Gift or his brother. I think, yeah, it's his older brother's name uh, that played. Uh, where did he play basketball at? Oh, I remember this. It wasn't Cincinnati. Maybe, well, I don't know. Anyway, but his, his, uh, his brother's name was God's Gift Achua. <laughs> and then you look and I think he has another sibling too, but like his whole family has these, has these really unique names that you don't normally see. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. You should look it up. But anyway, <clears throat> he, he played at St. John's. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. St. John's. I don't know why I said Cincinnati. Because they're both red. (laughs) But anyway, Don, that was that was a great question. A lot of fun there. But okay, we're gonna move on to Chris now. Uh, He's been one of our day ones. uh, Always participates in these. He says, "All right, fellas, how does the NBA get through this COVID testing and situation?" Uh, honestly. I think they're just going to have to do like the NFL did this year and they're just going to have to power through it. You know, Uh, if something happens to where you don't have enough available players, they'll just have to postpone the games like they've been doing so far. We saw the NFL postpone games early on uh, and then they rescheduled them for like weird times during the week. Like we saw, I think Steelers and Titans played on like a Tuesday night or Tuesday or Wednesday night at some point. Uh, so probably just going to have to do stuff like that. You know, a lot has been made. Uh, there's been a big fuss made about the NBA, not just pausing the season right now, Matt, but they knew going into this, that this was going to happen. They knew there were going to be positive tests. Uh, they knew that they were potentially going to have to uh, postpone games. So this isn't something they weren't prepared for. They knew they weren't going to have a bubble. They knew there was more risk involved. And it's just something that they'll just have to deal with for a little while, you know, at least until players can get the vaccine. So, which should be what about a month away or something. So, and I mean, they, given how much the league lost last year, it just, I I mean, they could pause the season, but it doesn't make any sense. uh, Especially when nobody else wants, you know, the players, the coach, nobody else wants to pause it. They may want to postpone games, but they don't want to pause the season and have a long, you know, drought between now and whenever the season resumes, like it did the first time this COVID stuff hit. So that's what I that that that's my answer to it. I think they have to just keep doing what they're doing. Uh, it's going to be tough for teams to play shorthanded, um, but you know, each season presents its own its own difficulties. And I think this is just one they're, they're going to have to power through. Yeah, I don't, it's it's a tough situation. Um, Nobody's going to want to do the bubble again. Um, Yeah. Plus the G league is down there right now, I believe. Yeah. I just, I don't think that there's any way you can, you can handle it um, any better. I mean, obviously they could, you know, they're going to have some increased restrictions and all these things, but I don't really know how much it's going to matter because if you get on the court and LeBron has COVID and he coughs in your face, you're probably going to get COVID. Yeah. Uh, it's so it's, it, it, it is what it is there, but I mean, what, what, whatever happens, they need to find a way to kind of nip things in the bud now, because right now it's looking wor- almost as bad as the MLB started. Yeah, but and they addressed a lot of that today too. So, yeah, the good news there and with the NFL, where there was obviously some issues, is they got through the seasons. And I think the NBA can get through the season. I just don't think without a bubble, there's any way to do it, and there's no way those guys are going to subject themselves to a season-long bubble. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, look, this is there's a reason they only released the first half of the schedule. You know, it was to give them that flexibility. You know, they knew that some of these games were going to have to be postponed, whether it's for a week or close to two weeks or whatever it is. Uh, so it's open. It's open ended. 
as far as the second half of the schedule goes. So if you have to postpone a game, postpone a game. If you have to have guys go out because they tested positive or because of contact tracing or whatever, you know, let them go do their quarantine time and, you know, get healthy and come back and uh, just keep trucking along because, you know, like I said, if uh, if you completely pause it forever, because look, let's be honest, there's only, I mean, it seems worse because the Mavs are really going through it right now. But if you look at the league as a whole, there's only like five teams that are really having uh, a good bit of issues right now. There's like 25 teams or so, uh, however many, I think that's right. Yeah, 30 teams total. There's about 25 teams that are just, you know, everything's kind of normal right now and everybody has their normal injury stuff and, you know, that comes into play too. But for the most part, uh, you know, I think the league is going to be fine. They just need to keep following all the um, the restrictions that are placed in, and they tightened up those today, Matt. They had a, a board of governor meeting, I think, and uh, the protocol has changed, and they've tightened up a lot of things uh, that didn't really make sense. Once I heard, it, like <laughs> they they were uh, they were allowing people into uh, players and coaches' homes that hadn't been tested and stuff like that. I figured that would have been you know baked into the. Um, what am I trying to say? Baked into the protocol before the season even started. But anyway, yeah, uh, I'm they'll get through it. it. Um, so, I'm just waiting. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the video to surface um, of James Harden at Treasures here in Houston, a very famous strip club in town <laughs> that I've definitely never been to. Um, but. I'm just waiting for the video of, of fat James Harden at the strip club. And then two days later, the Texans have a COVID outbreak. I mean, the sorry, the Rockets have a COVID outbreak. And, you know, that'll be if, if that happens, I think that's going to be the last straw to where they trade him. Right. By the way, right now, if uh, just to mention this, they're getting absolutely the Rockets. They're getting absolutely rocked by the Lakers right now. So which the Mavs got rocked by the Lakers on Christmas, but. Lakers are up 73-48, and I think not quite, but that'll put them very close to the bottom of the Western Conference standings, which is amazing. And, yeah, like I said, I think they'll eventually eventually trade James Harden. And just a quick note, Matt, since we kind of went down a rabbit hole here, going back to the Bill thing real quick, uh, the Westbrook trade, <laughs> it's going about as, uh, about as good as we thought it would, so <laughs> – that's another reason why yeah. we we kind of feel shocking like, <laughs> that's another reason what's why that? we kind of feel like bill might ask out so what's that mean i am shocked shocked <laughs> well not that shocked <laughs> yeah futurama <laughs> yeah. oh man okay next one this is from ollie he says would you trade george hill and what would he cost trade for george hill and what would he cost uh i don't know i mean yeah yeah, I mean, I'd I'd take George Hill if he, you know, if he didn't really cost much, because uh, I believe he shot <laughs> close to fifty percent from three uh, when he was in Milwaukee. Uh, so he's in New Orleans now. Uh, I don't even know if he's even playing. I don't. I really haven't kept up with him this year. But yeah, yeah, I'd take him if uh, if the if it was the right package. But honestly, I have no idea what I'd give up for George Hill. So. Just being honest. Uh, uh, Dwight Powell? 
I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what George Hill's contract is, but <laughs> I don't either. But I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd probably do that. Um, <laughs> there's a trade. There's yeah. a trade. There's a trade. <laughs> there's a trade that might actually work. Um, okay, so moving on to Caden. Uh, Caden's another guy that's longtime listener always contributes to these things. But anyway, Caden says, do you see Tyrell Terry getting any real minutes this year? Also, do y'all think Luca's recent, recently fairly good defense will continue? Uh, no and yes. So to the Tyrell Terry thing, I don't think he'll get any real minutes. I think if the Mavs end up blowing teams out, uh, he'll get some run in those games. But unless there's just – unless there's an injury bug or unless there's a COVID situation that has all of, uh, say, Luca, uh, Trey Burke, who was amazing in that Orlando game, scored nearly 30 points, or Jalen Brunson, you know, if all three of those guys are out, then, yeah, I can see him getting some run. Uh, but other than that, I don't see him getting any meaningful, meaningful minutes. And, then when it comes to Luca's defense, I do think this is something that's here to stay. Uh, he's shown – and it started in the bubble, Matt. Uh, he he just showed the ability to be able to stay in front of people better. Uh, he has great in, instincts when it comes to reading passes now. Uh, he had five steals the other night, and then he turned around in the next game and got two <laughs> with a couple blocks. So he's more engaged. He admitted that he's more – uh, committed on that end this year, and it's great to see. I I don't think he's going to be an All NBA uh, defensive team guy, but uh, he's definitely gotten better, and it's very encouraging to see. And uh, the Mavs are going to win a lot of games if he keeps playing like that. Yeah, I I totally agree. I don't have much to add to that. He's been great. Um, just want to see it keep up. This next one is, uh, well, there is no name, but the account is Six Porzingis. Uh, asks, what is Josh Green and Tyrell Terry's ceiling? Uh, this is, if you had asked me this on draft night, I probably would have been more optimistic <laughs> about uh, Tyrell Terry. But Josh Green, I could see him being like a, like a prime Danny Green type player, but more That's what athletic. I was about to say. But he, but with more athleticism. Yeah. Uh, you know, not the Danny Green we're seeing right now in Philadelphia and <laughs> the one we saw uh, with the Lakers last year. But I think he 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 could be a prime Danny Green type player, three and D, uh, with more bounce. You know, gives you more highlight plays when he gets a steal, goes full court and throws it down. Tyrell Terry, look. Let me take over. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I think I agree with you on Josh Green. I, I think I know what you're about to say with Tyrell Terry, and I want to caution everybody before either of us say what we're about to say about Tyrell Terry. It's nine games into a rookie season, so any sweeping assertions about what he can be or what he can't be are frankly irrational either way because 
we haven't seen him on the court. It might be taking him a little while to learn the system. It might be taking him a little while to get back into shape after not playing basketball for a year. He's got to add weight too. He's just very weight. He's, I mean, he's probably a raw player. I mean, he is a raw player. Not probably that he's a raw player. That said, he's extremely young and he has plenty of room to improve. So the fact that he's not on the court right this minute playing big minutes as a rookie doesn't mean anything one way or the other. Yes. That okay. And, and then spe- go, ahead. go ahead. Okay. No, no, well, go ahead. look, especially with Josh Green, like and we'll get back to Terry here, but I've seen some people have takes on Twitter about Josh Green, you know, saying he's a bust and everything. What has Josh Green done wrong? I mean, he's not he, he no. hasn't he hasn't touched the ball any uh or hardly any, but I mean he hasn't done anything wrong either. You know, he's just he's doing his job. He's playing good defense. Uh, he would have had an an incredible assist to uh, Willie Collystein on an alley oop in that last game, but Willie couldn't finish it. I mean, he he just plays smart. Uh, so I I don't get why people are wanting to shut the door on Green just yet. He he looks fine to me, and I mean Carlisle, you know he is uh, he has been quoted as you know saying how much he loves. Green's effort on the defensive end, and I think he'll keep getting chances because of that. But anyway, back to your Terry right. assessment. And honestly, I think this it thinks I think this goes both for both Green and Terry in terms of all of the expectation stuff and what I just said. But I think we also have to take into consideration that Rick has a history of not playing young guys very much because he doesn't trust them very much, especially early in the season. He likes to play, and this is true of most NBA coaches, he likes to play the guys that he trusts. Not to make mistakes, to run the play the right way, not to turn the ball over, all of those things. Okay, so now we get to Terry. With With his skill level and his talent, I think he could be better than Seth Curry. Yeah, Do I, I think agree. he's going to get there? I don't know, because we haven't seen him. He hasn't gotten a chance yet. What is his floor? I mean, Jimmer for debt? Who knows? But we, we, <laughs> yeah. we won't find out until he gets an opportunity, and frankly, there isn't room for him right now. Yeah. And that's, yeah, especially- that's probably why he's not playing. He's. I guarantee you this, Dalton – I think I think definitely Josh Green and maybe even Terry are going to get some run against the Hornets because because Rick's not going to want to play Tim Hardaway Jr. and and Luca for 48 minutes and you've only got 12 guys on the roster so those three guys that typically don't play are going to play yeah you would think so Uh, but I mean yeah I I agree with that. that player comp, I think he could – Terry, I think he could potentially be better than Seth Curry. Um, and I think he could end up being more durable too, uh, which was a big thing with Seth. You know, he he's amazing, one of the best three-point shooters in uh, NBA history. But, he, uh, you know, like KP, he just – he can't really stay healthy uh, for a full season. And, you know, sometimes he can go on these streaks where, you know, he's not <laughs> – hitting those 50% three-pointers. But, yeah, I I agree. Everybody just needs to slow the roll and be patient. And hopefully we get to see the the young guys do something good in this this next game. 
uh, against the Hornets. So, all right. Next one. This is from Infren. And let's see. He says, time to move on from fan favorite Dwight Powell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, I see what he did there. Okay. We're. <laughs> We're just gonna we're gonna both just you know respectfully say yes and move on from that. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. This last one, Matt, is from Bibbs, our guy Bibbs, and he says, "How many of our next five games can we win with this group?" And he said, "If the Mavs like say something happens with the and obviously we've had the." Uh, the injury report come out since. So we know uh, that all these guys are playing. But anyway, <clears throat> if the Mavs had to play a starting lineup of Tyrell Terry, Josh Green, Wesley Wundu, uh, KP, and Willie Collystein. <laughs> why, why is that the lineup? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, say that, say that you they end up with just eight players that are available, which is the minimum to keep playing the game. And you have those starting five, and then the the three that you would have off the bench is like Bay and Hinton and and somebody else. <laughs> if that happened, how confident would you be in the Mavs' next five games? Let's see, their next five games are at Charlotte, at Milwaukee, home against the Bulls, Ooh. at Toronto, and at Ooh. Indiana. <laughs> so two and two and three. Yeah, that, I, th- I think that maybe be my one optimum. probably one and four. <laughs> Two and three is optimistic. One and four is median, and zero and five is probably the real. Is probably <laughs> actually zero and five is probably the more realistic. But I mean, I don't. I don't, I don't know, man. KP. I don't know, man. The KP. Uh, he plays really, really well against Milwaukee, and the Mavs won in Milwaukee last year without Luca. So. I don't know. I feel like they could win that Bucks game. Is that weird? I'd be more optimistic about that one than the other four. <laughs> I, w- I think the one I'd be most optimistic in is the Bulls. You'd think that, but I mean, after but, what I mean, Zach what, Levine what, is, did is, in the is, last is one, Luca, <laughs> is, is Luca getting COVID or something? Is that why we're playing? Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't want to just straight up say it, but yes, we're assuming that the Mavs only have if they were to have eight available players and that was the eight available players. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't think they would win any of those games, but with the lineup that they're going to, if we, if we take into account the lineup that they're going to play with tomorrow, I think they could win three or four of those games. I agree. I agree. And I, look, I think the reason that the, the maps took the extra time with K, I think KP could have played two weeks ago, honestly. Um, uh, but I think they just – I think he's been getting into, you know, better game shape, uh, probably doing more cardio and uh, doing more five-on-five five stuff with the guys in practice. And I think he's going to uh, come out there and do good tomorrow night. So, all right, anything else before we take off here? Can I ask you a question? Go for it. This is just a thought that entered my head while we were talking about lineups and, and crazy roster situations. Let's say Jalen Brunson gets traded for Bradley Beal. Like, let's say he's part of that deal. Would you consider – this is just me, like, kind of galaxy branding at the minute. Okay, let me rephrase this. Who do you think is the 
second or third best playmaker, ball handler, passer on the team. Ooh. Like just from a just non positionally, you just mean the the best. Yes. Probably James Johnson. <laughs> okay. Now now track with me here. Let's say let's say the Mavs put together a package to trade Jalen Brunson and Tim Hardaway Jr. and whoever else doesn't matter. Whatever. That's that's not the point. The point is Jalen Brunson's gone. Maybe he gets hurt. Maybe he gets whatever. Trey Burke is more of a scoring guy. Doesn't really run the offense as much. How would you feel about James Johnson being the the backup point guard? That I mean, just on paper, it would look weird, but I I would be completely fine with it. I think it would work. Having me the point forward, <laughs> like that's what right. That's what I'm saying. Like he's he's big bodied like Luca, but he he's the best. You know, he's had some amazing passes this year. Yeah, I mean, he's really that's he's really good at that. So let's say you have to let's say let's let's not even consider it's Bradley Beal. Let's just say something happens with Jalen Brunson, or you you trade for somebody else, and you're a little short on point guard depth or whatever. I would be totally for James Johnson getting that role. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I that's agree. a cool idea. I agree with that. And then he's a guy, you know, he can play really good defense too. Uh, we've seen it. The thing I like about James Johnson is he's always thinking about how he can maximize a play. You know, it's not just like, hmm, how can I pass to this guy? It's like, okay, how can I pass to him while also setting a screen <laughs> to get him wide open? You know, because I, 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 I don't think yeah, Tim and if Hardaway I pass Jr. to this guy – can he pass is is he now going to pass to this guy cuz he's over there and he's open but like you know yeah i see exactly what you're saying yeah cuz like hardaway junior i don't think he's missed a three this entire season where james johnson has passed to him and set a screen <laughs> i think uh you know uh that guy uh panda hank on mavs twitter that posts all the videos uh, i'm aware of panda hank yes yeah he he posted a video and he he was like uh he said something about he thought that Hardaway Jr. was shooting 100% off of James Johnson passes, like what I just said, uh, and also setting a screen. He went back and put together clips of all of those situations that happened, and he was close, Matt. It was about 90%. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so, yes, I'm all for more James Johnson point forward. Uh, that would be awesome. But – all right, that about covers it, Matt. Anything else before we head off here? No, I'm good. I'm just ready to see what happens tomorrow night with this short lineup, and I, I would really like to see Tyrell Terry get some run. I think that would be yeah. fun. And, look, I mean, depending on what happens, you know, we we may come on here later this week. Uh, it, it just depends. We, we, we do at least one pot a week, and then all the other stuff is situational, and, you know, every now and then – the situation calls for an emergency pod. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes, but guys, we really appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you coming in and listening every single week. Be sure to rate and subscribe on all your favorite platforms. If you listen on Apple podcasts, go give us a good review there. It really helps us out and go to our YouTube channel. And it's uh, Mav step back podcast on YouTube and subscribe there as well. So, Guys, we appreciate it. We may see you later this week. If not, y'all have a great rest of the week and weekend, and we will see you next week. Bye.
Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days When I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ Crossover doing step backs in a pair of J's These days I'm about my chips like a bag of lays I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same How you real when you say your soul for the fame Do anything for a dollar I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot of Looked up the Dirk and MJ instead of blue collar Excited at the idea of being a true baller Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.